hit the record button and say that or in, forget to uh, put the fade in in the beginning? Uh, well, the fade in in the beginning doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's, it's more of like a personal <laughs> touch. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Track and Field. I'm Patrick. I'm Alex. And today we're finally putting the track in Track and Field because guess what? There's finally news to talk about. We have hit February and a bunch of stuff is going to start coming in. You know why? Why is that? Because teams are finally releasing how their cars are going to look like, their liveries. Mm-hmm. And more news is going to start piling on. And at the end of the month, winter testing begins. Nice. So we, I can finally... This is not just a soccer podcast anymore. Unfortunately, for uh, all the fans out there that love my expert analysis. Oh, yeah, the thousands of fans that we definitely have. Yes. Yeah. Catch us at the uh, UEFA World, uh, Champions League final for a live show, by the way. Yeah. Definitely. That'll happen. I'm definitely going there. Um, it'll, be, it'll be better covers than Fox. It would be, but Fox doesn't do coverage for Champions League for anymore. Now. Um, for now. Uh, well, I mean, I think the Paramount deal is like ex- for a pretty long time, but whatever. Well, we can hope. Any- it, yeah. Anyways, talking about bad deals... Alfa Romeo F1 team mm-hmm. has announced a new team sponsor, a new uh, name sponsor, rather, principal sponsor, whatever you want to call it. So for the, I don't know the exact amount of years that they've been sponsored by them, but they have been, a, their principal sponsor has been Orlin. So technically their full name would be Alfa Romeo Orlin F1 team, which is a, I believe a Polish oil brand, something along those lines. Okay. Uh, but the reserve driver that they had that brought in the sponsorship left this year. Mm. I believe he went to AlphaTauri, so they lost that sponsorship. And now they have a really cool na- sponsor, their full name, Alfa Romeo Steak F1 Team. And that's Ste- not like steak not, is in the food. Not the food. I was about to say that. But uh, <laughs> actually, it's the... How do we say this? The definitely not a scam, definitely not scummy, definitely not shady uh, sports betting and just betting site in general. Well, that's just all sports betting sites. They're all scummy. They're all predatory. That's very true. Yeah, it's it's sparked a bit of debate online, especially when you go on the announcement post and you see a bunch of accounts with the same icon going, woo. I love Alfa Romeo. Wow, that's crazy. And a bunch of NFT bros there with them too. And crypto bros with the dot Ethereum at the end of their name. It was <laughs> awesome. I was like, wow, this is incredible. This is definitely not, definitely not a bad thing that's happening. And, you know, it's not like F1 has never had a bad history of <laughs> sponsorships. Okay, Marlboro... British mm-hmm. American Tobacco, yeah. their attempts to get around the branding with A Better Tomorrow and Mission Winnow, I believe. Oh, there's Aramco, which is the Saudi Arabian oil company. Oh. That's the title sponsor of uh, Aston Martin. Okay. So it's not like it's a, <laughs> it's not a new phenomenon by a mile. I wouldn't expect it to be. But I don't believe, I could be wrong on this. I believe they, this is the first time a betting site has been the principal sponsor of an F1 team. Really? I find that surprising. I, I could be wrong on that. I didn't do my due diligence on that, but it, it, it sounds right because I feel like I would have heard about it by now. Mm. But yeah. So what's interesting about this fact, though, however, is that not every country that F1 is traveling to allows gambling. So... They have to get around this. So I have a little graphic up here from this really cool Twitter account called Decal Spotters. Mm-hmm. Basically, they go around, they showcase, oh, what are the changes happening on the cars? You know, it's just like sponsor watch and stuff. And so they have three alternate brandings, depending on where they're racing. In standard racing, in standard races, they're Alfa Romeo Stake F1 team. In places they call dark markets, it's called Alfa, Alfa Romeo Kick F1 team. Kick? Kick oh, is, like K-I-K? Yeah, K-I-C-K. K-I-C-K. Oh, K-I-C-K. Oh. That is a streaming platform, but heavily invested in, and most likely, but not officially, but definitely a subsidiary of stake.com. Oh. so it's, Because, of course, it is. So, you know Twitch, right? Yeah. But, you know, like, banned gambling? Well, no. I don't know if you heard about that, but they banned gambling. And K- that's pretty much all Kick is. It's just complete gambling oh, okay that, that's a really funny topic though because their ui looks like twitch their uh coding i think is from amazon as well 
So it's really, it's really scummy is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that's, so yeah, in dark markets where they can't show stake, they're just Alfa Romeo kick F1 team. Mm. And then in what they call black markets, it's just Alfa Romeo F1 team, which sounds really scummy to me and really just strange that they would be called black markets. Yeah, why is that? I have no idea. They didn't really provide reasoning. That's just what they're calling it. Hmm. So, yeah. So those are regions where gambling is completely banned? Gambling is completely banned, and I think something to do with streaming as well. Okay. So, yeah. Cool cool name sponsor. They definitely won't figure out a way to circumnavigate that. Circumnavigate? No. Get around it. That's what I meant. Circumvent. Circumvent. Anyways. Well, I mean, circumnavigate works as well. Yeah, I'll just circumnavigate the globe with this next transition. <laughs> just like how Audi is circumnavigating. <laughs> you need to stop saying that word. The So Audi is going to take control of the Alfa Romeo team mm-hmm. in when the new regulations arrive in 2026. However, if I recall correctly, they currently have a minority stake already in the team. Okay. So they're starting their takeover pretty early, actually, which is somewhat interesting. And I don't really, I didn't really have any follow up to that, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. So I'm going to do a really good transition here. Okay. Speaking of getting things, setting things up early for a long time, mm-hmm. the Las Vegas Grand Prix, the same Vegas Grand Prix that is estimated to have the one billion dollar economic impact on what I still didn't research that. <laughs> They are currently, the organizers of that are currently, or sorry, I I should say the full name of the race, the Heineken Silver Las Vegas Grand Prix, I believe is the full name. Heineken Silver? Yes. What? It's it's a Heineken drink. Of what? Uh, It's up for you to decide, but you know, yeah. Anyways, it it could be worse. It could be worse. It It could could definitely be worse. It, It could be Bet MGM. As it a could title be sponsor, three six five. It could be all the. It could be crypto.com. Yeah, but it's not. So I think I think that's fine. Uh, one second. Nope, it's gone. I was gonna burp, but then it stopped. Unfortunately, I'm really glad that everyone knows about that now. Yeah, that's amazing. You did not have to out yourself. Like no, that. I did not. But you know what? We, honesty. That's honesty what the is the come best here policy. For. Yes, honesty is the best policy, and that's why you go to Vegas for they, honesty. They listen to this podcast because it's so raw, it's unfiltered, unedited. Exactly. Just, just you me know, and Patrick. We we're gonna add an edit and we forget to. <laughs> the the one the two times that we need to edit the entire podcast, just the fade in and the fade out, we, f- we forget just to do. Don't do it. Oh, that's amazing. But anyways, getting back on track, the Las Vegas Grand Prix organizers. Oh, I see what you did there, back on track. Like, oh, oh yeah, I meant to do that. I meant to do that, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they, they're negotiating with Formula One for a 10-year contract, which is kind of crazy to me because mm-hmm. last time there was a Grand Prix in Vegas, it we don't talk about it. In fact, it wasn't even called the Las Vegas Grand Prix. It was called the Caesars Palace Grand Prix, and it was pretty much in the parking lot. It was really oh, boring. Yeah, because the there was a straightaway right down the strip, right? Nope. No? No. No. I must be tripping then. You are. Okay. You are hella tripping. That would have been cool, though. Yeah, but this, this race does, oh, which that's is pretty cool. cool. And it's a night race. Ooh. So, Wait, they had a day race in Vegas? I think that was a day race, yes. The... the the Caesar's Palace Grand Prix. I believe that was a day race. That's gonna suck. Why yeah. would you have a day race in Vegas? We could go in depth on this on a later podcast, mm-hmm. but it it's it's a whole can of worms. Okay. There's so much wrong with it. But I'm a little concerned though. I want this race to be good. One, because it's an American race, and yeah. I I don't know why, but I feel compelled to have a wanting for the American races to be good because I'm an American and I want to make sure that the investments in the country mm-hmm. don't seem like they're throwing money to the wind. Yeah. You know, because there's a, because there's a huge problem with the desert races, the desert, the races in the middle Eastern countries where all of them have, because of their oil money, they have super long contracts, mm-hmm. but, <clears throat> but the, the circus suck. They're mm-hmm. just ass. They're, they're, they're not good. 
I could I could say another version of that, but I think the point just got across. <laughs> the race the circuits are not good, and it's a real shame because the uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, mm-hmm. which is like one of my least favorite circuits, is the <laughs> the season finale. Oh, that's and it has been for the past several years. So I'm really hoping that the Vegas Grand Prix is substantial and that it'll be a good race and that the ten years, if it happens, will be fine. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. It would be really interesting to have that um, American representation because I know, you know, soccer has been a tough sport for them to break through in, mm-hmm. but now they're kind of getting their foot in. And now, like, you can see that same thing happening with F1. Yeah, I think, especially, it's nice to have a Western, a, a race in the Western region because we have one now in Miami. Mm-hmm. We have one in the South in Dallas, Houston. Houston, I think. Austin. It's Austin. <laughs> why are there so many? F- why? How, how, why are there so many names? Those are three very different cities. They're three very different cities, but they're all like the first names of people. You know? Houston? Yeah. Don't think about it. No, that's a don't, last name. Don't think about it. The But yeah, the Aust- Austin mm-hmm. Grand Prix, I believe that's what it is. I should know this <laughs> in the South and now the Las Vegas Grand Prix in the West. Yeah. So, I just need a, a, a race in the North. So like Minnesota or something. Maybe. But they already maybe. have the Canadian GP. So yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much covers it, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyways, cool transition. Haas F1 team. Sorry, not Haas F1 team. MoneyGram Haas F1 team. That is the oh. principal sponsor now. They... They could maybe hit the budget limit this year because now they have an actual sponsor. Really? Maybe. Don't hold your hopes up. It's Haas. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't get your hopes up. They finally released, they were the first team this year to release their livery, uh, the, like a first look at their livery. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a digital render, so it's not, you know, how do I say this? I'm trying to formulate this as I'm talking, mm-hmm. and it's going really well, as you can tell. But basically how the teams usually reveal the cars, usually, by the way, it's usually like a render or it's under like show lighting. Mm-hmm. So I call it a first look because when you really get to see it is during the winter testing when they're on the track, oh, the yeah. under track lighting. So I'm hoping the car looks better under track lighting because personally, it's okay for me. I like that they kept the Haas White but I'm not a huge fan of how they incorporated the MoneyGram logo. I think it kind of looks like the uh, Japanese flag on the back. It's <laughs> a big red spot on some white. I think it's on white. I think it might be on black. But then, like on the bottom half of the bottom half of the car, it's like all black. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. I'm glad that Haas is bringing back the black. They used to run it or like a dark gray on some of their older cars. But they haven't really done it in recent years. So, yeah. I mean, personally, I thought it was okay. I think it'll look better under track lighting. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Um, Well, I mean, it was a super basic color palette, just white, red, and black. But, I mean, just going off, like, initial, like, first visuals, because this is the first time that I've seen it, Um, I liked the simplicity of it. Um, I, I think red, white, uh, black is a very good color combination. You can't really go wrong with it. Yeah. Um, there were like subtle designs. I know that there was like, um, a little bit of a fade with like a block thing kind of on the side of the car. And I think that looked pretty nice. Um, I mean all the sponsors, you know, that's just kind of something you have to deal with. Unfortunate. Um, but I think overall, I think it was a pretty... Pretty decent design. It looked pretty sleek. Like uh like it could go very fast. We can hope. I mean, okay, we joke about the the bottom table teams being soapboxes, but they are still like one of the fastest machines in the world. So yeah, you know. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Now you know what else we'll see about. You like that transition. Yeah. You have a player that is eligible for the U.S. men's team that you want to talk about. Yes. So he's not only eligible for the U.S. men's team, but he is also eligible for the Nigerian men's team and the English men's team. Oh, God. Yeah. So he is a tri-national 
that we should 100% try to recruit. Please don't let him go to the Lions. Oh, <laughs> ah. And the reason we should recruit him is because he's currently the top scorer in Ligue 1. He is... Wait, he has, he's the top scorer? He be, he's beating Mbappe right now? Yeah, he's scored more goals than Mbappe. He's scored more goals than Messi. He's scored more goals than Neymar this season. Um, yeah, more goals than any individual player in Ligue 1. And I, my guess is that some of the listeners probably know who it is at this point. It's Florian Balogun. And he realistically could be a well he's very young but very talented as you as i already explained because you know you have to be talented if you're top goal scorer in Liga. but um you know just the fact that he he could fill that striker hole that the u.s have had for a while now and that they've tried so many like square pegs and like round holes in the past couple years with the likes of like Giassi Zardes and, you know, like even guys from this past uh, January camp, uh, like Brandon Vasquez, um, who are all good to decent or decent to good MLS type players, but like not people that should be starting on like an international yeah. stage, especially yeah, yeah. if we want to compete. But in my opinion, Florian Balogun is that guy. He, He's that guy? Oh, he could be that guy. Ah. I should rephrase that. Um, well, first, because um, he hasn't actually decided which national team he's going to represent yet, but um, we do have an in, not only because of Yunus Musa, who's also a, uh, a, who was also a dual national between the U.S. and England, but now he's capped mm-hmm. tied to the U.S. Good. Um, and also came through the Arsenal Academy. Same with Florian. So they actually have a pretty good friendship with each other that's really good that's a great in and then the other one is that florian has already played some youth level games with the u.s youth national team so like the staff knows him already he's in the system yeah some of the staff knows him but like the youth team staff is different from like the senior team staff yeah. yeah 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 but um you know hopefully we uh guys like Eunice and like other people who have played with him along the way um, can you know convince him because you know he he could honestly get a lot of appearances with the U.S. team and I think a lot more than he would with the England team which is just like you know because you know England have like such a huge pool of talent to choose from mm-hmm. um, well meanwhile the U.S. don't have as big of a talent so I think if you look at it now if you were to if Florian were to declare his status as an American player today, he could very easily make it into our starting lineup. All right. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I think we need to test him in perhaps a more competitive league than uh, the French league. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I mean, he's beating out, you know, the French golden boy himself, Mbappe. Yeah. So that's no small achievement. And he's also in the same league with (laughs) who his fellow PSG teammates Messi and Neymar. Exactly. So that's a really big accomplishment. I think that's something to really be excited for. We will continue to update as long as he doesn't go to the Lions. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. As long as he doesn't go to the Lions. But yeah, I guess the thing to keep in mind is that he's still like, this is his breakout season. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's only the beginning. And he's also really young, like late teens, early 20s, I want to say. Oh, my God. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of time for him to develop, uh, a lot of time for him to get better, but also, you know, possibly drop off. Hopefully, you know, he keeps getting better, even if he doesn't play for the U.S., you know. Yeah. Hopefully he b- blossoms into a great player. All, but um, All I'm going to say is that he'll unlock his true potential if he's wearing the Stars and Stripes. That's all yeah, I'm going to say. But the thing is, I will admit that he has never played on a, you know, a humid, rainy night on a cow pasture in Honduras so it's, you know it is what it is <laughs> but speaking of you know lions and stuff let's head to the English Premier League mm-hmm. and the entirety of European football mm-hmm. because guess what just closed then so from then this deal well that too but that was oh. part of the January transfer window yeah which uh I feel like a certain team that we've talked about before and we will talk about in a bit has taken a huge advantage of uh y- yeah, I feel like this was I okay. 
I can't really say anything because I haven't really paid attention before and mm-hmm. I haven't really followed when this is happening. But I feel like this is one of the more hectic transfer windows, no? Well, solely because of all that Chelsea are doing, that's <laughs> what made it hectic. I see. But, I mean, there were also a couple other, like, super surprised deadline day transfers that I didn't think was going to happen. And, you know, the first one that comes to mind, just, like, explaining the surprises, is um, Joachim Cello, uh from Manchester City on loan to Bayern Munich, hmm. which is very surprising. And uh, I heard it's because he had um, an argument with the coach Pep Guardiola before. Um, oh, Pep, no. Yeah. He was, uh, I guess, not happy with the amount of playing time that he was getting. And so he, you know, I guess explained his grievances in a not great way <laughs> to Pep. Like in a Ronaldo way. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> well, he didn't get an interview with Piers Morgan, to yeah. my knowledge. Um. But I guess explained his uh, grievances to Pep in a not great way. And then Pep just showed him the door, which he has been Pep uh, over the years at Man City has been very like, you know, if I don't want you, I'm going to let you know that and you're going to leave. Yeah. Like uh, same thing happened with Joe Hart a while ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something else. Um, oh, and then uh, Anthony Gordon, like the only good or maybe like one of two or three good players on Everton mm-hmm. left in a 40 million euro transfer to Newcastle United. Oof. Yeah. Uh, really strange that Newcastle are buying up like, you know, Premier League talent when they could go like basically anywhere with the amount of money that they have now. Yeah. I mean, that, that's interesting. Then again, I feel like a bunch of the Everton stars are going to start jumping ship right now with their club currently in limbo right now. No. Yeah, we talked about that at some point last episode, and now, like, Anthony Gordon leaving is tough, but, you know, getting almost 45.5 million euros in return for him Mm. is, like, you know, that's pretty good for Everton. Yeah, Um, they'll take what they can get. Exactly. Um, You know, a little bit of a surprise was Jorginho to Arsenal on a permanent transfer. Yeah, yeah, he... Yeah, he kind of he kind of betrayed us there a bit, but it okay. We talked about it last episode as well. You, I knew some of the stuff was about to start happening. Yeah, stars are going to start leaving. Hopefully, one of them doesn't go to that one club that we also talked about last last week. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was going to start happening eventually. He's he would rather be in a team that's going to choke in their current stranglehold on the lead. They're not going to choke. Oh, please. What makes you convinced of this? They're Arsenal. So? They're Arsenal. Yeah, they're also the only team ever to go unbeaten in an entire Premier League season. Here's the thing. Jorginho, low-key, sleeper agent. He's not there to make the team better. He's there to get the bag. (laughs) <laughs> and then play like shit and then leave. You are not real. <laughs> but you know what else is not real? What? The next player you're going to mention. Oh, Enzo Fernandez. Woo! I was not going to mention him next, but I guess I will now. No, 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 no. no. Let's, just, let's just move on after that. Uh, after Fernando. Or Enzo Fernandez. Fuck. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Enzo Fernandez. No, 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 no. no. no? Let's, let's say that for the end. Just okay. signal to me so I can make the smooth transition. I don't know how many. So, Alex has a list of, like, some notable transfers. Yeah. I don't know how many players are on that list. So, if you could just give me a signal when we're going to talk about well, a certain Argentinian I'm not uh, going to talk about that many. Um, I do want to say that uh, Leandro Trossard signing for Arsenal, I think, is a good depth signing for them. Also, very notable, Gabriel Martinelli. Signed a new contract, I believe, today, extending till 2027. With who? With Arsenal, which is a huge signing for them because he has been one of the best wingers in the league this season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to tie him down until 2027 is like, that's a great bit of business. Um, You know, oh, also uh, a couple of sleeper, or I guess like under the radar transfers. Um, Pablo Sarabia. From PSG to Wolverhampton Wanderers for five to, million to Wolves. Yeah, for five million euros. That's it, P- which is crazy because he had such a great season on loan at a uh, Sporting Lisbon last season. Hmm. And uh, 
hopefully he does well there. Yeah. Um, another complete bargain, Memphis Depay from ah. yeah you recognize that yeah. name Memphis Depay from Barcelona to Atletico Madrid for three million euros. To Atleti? Yeah, to Atleti Shit. for three million euros, which is crazy. He's way more talented than just three million euros. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised that he was even allowed to go to Atleti. I thought there'd be like a no trade clause to certain teams. Uh, and again, Atleti is kind of. They're not having the best season so far, are they? They aren't, and I think the thing is that Depay really wanted to leave, and Xavi, the Barcelona manager, did not really want him that much. So we're just like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's they crazy. just kind of wanted him out of the door, off the wage bill kind of thing. Huh. Um, uh, there was the whole back and forth between uh, Pedro Porto uh, and Tottenham, yep. which he, which they eventually got over the line for mm-hmm. a loan fee of about five million euros, which not bad. Uh, he's a pretty decent player from what I've seen. Yeah, he's probably better than Kane. So, well, he's a right back. So, same thing. Yeah. Moving okay. On. I just wanted to just Kane. And then the most notable transfer of the entire tr- the transfer window. We have not mentioned this yet. Weston McKinney to Leeds United. Woo! The 51st state program of Leeds. The Le- Leeds, the 51st state of America. Leeds, United States of America. The three three American players now with Weston. Yep. And um, their manager is also U.S., no? Yep. What's his name? I forget. Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh. He, you know what he said to the entire club? Fuck you. Get Marsh. It's called soccer now. <laughs> and he signed Weston McKinney. He did. It's... What? Unfortunately, only for a loan. It's not permanent, so he's still tied to Juventus. For now. But um, I think, you know, we know that he has the chemistry there. Yes. We know that he's a super talented player. He was also player of the year for the U.S. men's team this That's, past year. Yeah. Um, oh, you captain, know. my captain. <laughs> he's not the captain, though. He he wasn't the captain. I could have sworn he wore the band during the World Cup. Well, I mean, probably when Postic wasn't playing. Because Pulisic, no, uh, Pulisic never got the ban, I don't think. I think it was always Weston McKinney. No, actually, it was Tyler Adams. Oh, shit. Yeah. Anyways. But, um. Still the captain. Yeah. Weston, Tyler Adams, Brendan Arison, all together in the same team with Jesse Marsh coaching them. I've seen this one before. And, you know, Jack Harrison, who used to play in MLS. Uh huh. You know, even though he's English, representing the Americans a little bit. Um, actually, he went to college in the U.S. as well. He went to Wake Forest. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's a huge American influence at Leeds United right now, which is so crazy. Yeah. But, like, super exciting to see. Hopefully, that'll bring the Premier League more popularity in the States. Unfortunately, if it has to be for Leeds, it, it, I'd rather it be for them than, like, I don't know, like, Aston Villa or some... Really? What do you have against Aston Villa or West they, Ham? They just piss oh, me off. My dad is not going to appreciate that. My dad loves West Ham. Okay. I. We. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have nothing against West Ham. It's just they're not my club, you know? Mm. It, okay, look. Here's the thing. Whenever I see other clubs, I just kind of get an, an intrusive urge to, like, badmouth them for no good reason. Ah. Uh. But, like, I generally don't have anything against most clubs. There are a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. And are they, like, valid exceptions? Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like to I like to rag on Tottenham and Arsenal, for example. They're, like, yeah. two of my favorite clubs to rip apart. Because I think they're, they have more in common than they like to admit. Is that true? Probably mm, not. No. But we have one more... We have one more signing, right? I mean... I don't think it's anywhere near as big as Weston McKinney, but... Which signing are you talking about? I, I I think you know. I think we mentioned it. Which signing are you talking about? I think we're talking about the FIFA World Cup young player, the FIFA World Cup champion, the guy who was, how do you say this, shackled by his old club until the, until big money came around Wow. Enzo Fernandez. That is a horrible way to describe things. <laughs> that is quite possibly the worst way you could have described it. Uh, uh. <laughs> How can you be shackled at a club if you were only at the club for six months? <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't want him to leave. 
Easy. Yeah, but like um, the Benfica president just came out and released a statement earlier today after the uh, Enzo Fernandez deal, and he basically said, you know, I'm not gonna cry over a player that does not want to wear the Benfica shirt, referring to Enzo Fernandez. Yes, th- that's who we're talking about, by the way. Enzo Fernandez, a transfer from Benfica to Chelsea Football Club, mm-hmm. on a British, a British transfer record of 108 million euros, I believe, was the total. Him. 121 was it not i could have sworn it was 108 oh there's no it's it says right here 121 and transfer right. market is a very reliable source but what if i got my source from the athletic mm. well then the athletic is not as reliable it's anywhere I'm from sorry. 108 to 121 yeah Anyways. there are add-ons and stuff so like it, yeah. it really doesn't matter the exact amount yeah but that was we joke about weston mckinney being the blockbuster this was the blockbuster move this was the one yeah. everyone was following Fab- say his name fabrizio romano yes i was gonna pronounce his name wrong which is bad um everyone was following him looking yeah. for those three sweet sweet words here we go <laughs> next to enzo fernandez's name well, i was, bet there are a bunch of benfica fans that were not looking forward to that i yeah i mean yeah okay realistically i mentioned this to you last night I think this is a very risky move mm-hmm. for Chelsea. I think, you know, it's a little more expected with their current restructuring that they're going through with all their, you know, they basically have two football clubs worth of players currently. Yeah. You know, something only some clubs could dream of. Yeah, they have like three or four like quality players at every position, which is ridiculous. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane. But personally, if I had if I have to be how do you say this? Not delusional mm. or realistic? Sane? Normal? Third adjective? Fourth adjective? Maybe <laughs> we're on five by now? Is that uh, I feel like they should have waited for the summer transfer window. Yeah. Personally. Just because, a Fernando, Fernando, Jesus, say his name, Patrick. It's not Fernando Alonso. It's Enzo Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I'm fine. Yeah. It, it's been a long day. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Enzo Fernandez, he's been at the club for six months. He's a very young player. He had a really good tournament. Mm-hmm. I think that's undeniable. I mean, he won the Young Players Award. That's yeah. no small feat. And he's definitely, he has a potential to be a big star, mm-hmm. for sure. It's just, I feel like it's very early and for such a hefty price tag. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital can afford it. Yeah. However, should they afford it is the thing I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of thing I was mentioning to you earlier as well about is that, um, you know, coming like right after a World Cup, young players are very hit or miss. Yes. Um, Like um, just right off the top of my head and because I'm currently wearing the 2018 Colombian National Team World Cup jersey. Based. Um, you know, the name that comes to mind is James Rodriguez. Um, you know top scorer at the 2014 World Cup, gets that big money move to Real Madrid right afterwards. And, you know, he had special moments at times, but he could never piece it together enough to be, like, a mainstay at the club. And, you know, that resulted in, like, loan moves here and there. Um, he was playing for Bayern Munich at one point. Um, and then, you know, moves to Everton. And then from Everton, oh he moves, I think, to Greece. For, oh, to play for boy. Olympiacos. And then from Olympiacos, I'm pretty sure he's playing in, like, Saudi Arabia now. Oh, no. Which is, like, really unfortunate because, you know, he's such a good player. He has so much quality, so much talent. Sharp rise and equally sharp fall. Uh, Yeah. Because, I mean, he was playing in the Premier League, like, what, last season, two seasons ago? Damn. Yeah. Damn. Crazy. And now, you know, he's in playing in, like, Saudi Arabia or something, somewhere in the Middle East where yeah. just, like... He's almost forgotten. And yeah. then, like, there are countless, countless other young players who have really impressed at a, a international tournament, whether that be the World Cup or the Euros, but then have gone on to do, like, not a whole lot in their club careers. Yeah, I think, yeah. The story is old as time, based on what I'm hearing. This mm-hmm. is the first time I'm hearing most of these stories. But if it works out, that's really great. I think there's a lot of pressure on both Chelsea and uh, Enzo to mm-hmm. perform and really show results because there's a chance they might have signed them for a 10-year contract. 
I I didn't see the official press release. Yeah. Which, as I was also sent a meme of, is more win is ten years. No. No. What it's, was the? It's the number of players that Chelsea have signed. Oh, sorry. Alex sent me a meme earlier. Yeah. And it was talking about the amount of players Chelsea have signed in this window alone was more than the amount of wins they have this season. I believe in every competition, right? Yeah. Which is. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. It's, well, I mean, at least you know that. Actually, I don't know what you know. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I probably don't know anything. But what I do know is that all those signings were a direct result of a loophole Todd Bowley found in the UEFA, what is it, the UEFA rules? The FFP rules, the financial financial fair fair play play set in place by some organization. UEFA. UEFA, right. Yeah. So financial fair play rules, I think we talked about it a little bit last episode, right? A little bit. We, like, we skimmed over it a little. We don't really need to get into super big detail. Okay, well, just general overview. It's um, it's basically to ensure that clubs aren't spending a lot more money in the transfer market than they are receiving. Yeah. So they're not buying uh, more players for more money than they are selling. And so it tries to like even that out as closely as possible. Um. And so the loophole that Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital have discovered through financial fair play is that if they sign players for large amounts of money, like Mudrik for $100 million, Fernandez for 120 or 108 whichever it was, um, and then they sign them to large like length contracts for like seven, eight years, then they can spread out the amount that they pay over the entire contract. And yeah. since FFP only applies every fiscal year or every like season or something. Yeah. Um, once per year, basically um, they would only, end, so let's say they sign a player for a hundred million to a 10 year contract. Then they could pay installments of 10 million each year over the entire contract for the transfer fee. And that only the ten million would be recorded in UEFA's financial fair play. So then they could easily go out and sign more players for large amounts of money on huge contracts for, you know, yeah. For very similar reasons. While not breaking the rules, just bending them very, very like bent. Bending though. them so far that now I believe UEFA is currently trying to pass a patch on that or if they've already patched that up. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they've patched it up yet. They're still in the process. Yes, but that's still really crazy that they found that. It's kind of funny. Todd Bowley, owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, you know, MLB sending these decade-long contracts, mm-hmm. now bringing that over to the Premier League. Obviously not the same thing. Very different. Yeah. But it's still a little funny to think about that. Yeah, the and, whole, well, I was just going to say, and this this is just covering the transfer fee. It's yeah. not covering the players' salaries at all. Yeah, it's really crazy. So we were discussing this earlier, but until recently, Chelsea alone has spent more money this transfer period. Uh, until recently, this changed. I don't know when this changed. It might have changed today or whatever. Something like that. Yeah, but Chelsea Football Club alone spent more money than the Italian Serie A, the Spanish La Liga, the French Ligue 1, and the German Bundesliga combined. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Those are entire leagues with 10-plus teams and some of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah. And they did, combined, they did not spend that much. I, I was looking at my phone notifications. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of stuff for Chelsea. Where's the stuff for, like, I don't know, Inter, for example? Yeah. They had like three things, if that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the other leagues were not very busy, but I mean, that kind of just comes with the territory with the amount of money that's in the Premier League. It's just that there's bound to be signings. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of that, you know, Nottingham Forest signing 28 different players over the past <laughs> two transfer windows is ridiculous. I cannot get over that. The fact that they've signed 28 players. That's an entirely new squad of players just over two transfer windows. And the thing is, the players that they're signing are extremely good as well. They yes. just signed Kaylor Navas on loan from PSG. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah. How I was like, how are they affording that, eh? Well, because it's a loan deal. Oh. So they aren't actually paying a transfer fee. They're just probably paying his wages, which are still probably pretty high. Yeah. Um, But I remember seeing this thing that this is like the craziest goalkeeper transfer to happen in the Premier League since uh, uh, Julio Cesar went from like Inter to Queen's Park Rangers. <laughs> Which is such a strange transfer I forgot about completely. But, yeah. Damn. Nottingham Forest and Chelsea are, like, the two weirdest clubs over this past year. Yeah. Solely based on their transfers. It's kind of reflective of just kind of a, honestly, to me, a worrying trend. I just found the numbers. Premier League clubs committed for transfer fees alone this transfer period. 815 million euros in the winter window uh from this over the course of january wow this is from the athletic on their daily football briefing uh chelsea alone spent more than 280 dollar million 280 million euros jeez which includes the record 106 million euro signing of enzo fernandez which is almost half yeah of their entire that's insane uh, I, I'm currently, I'm scrolling through an article right now, but if I'm reading this right, four of the, f- four of the five bottom clubs uh, spent a combined total of 165 million euros on reinforcements. What? Everton was the only exception. Well, yeah, that's because Everton have money, but don't know how to use it. Yes. And they're just a small update. Their owners deny that they were being put up for sale. Yeah. To update that. But I think this is just overall kind of a worrying trend because this can, this is not sustainable, A, mm-hmm. and B, this is totally unfair yeah. for the entire European soccer, mm-hmm. if I'm reading this right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if you remember like um, uh, like two years ago or something, uh, the whole debacle with like the Super League, yeah. the European Super League, and it's just like, you know... As time keeps passing, it's like, damn, there's already a Super League. Yes. It's the Premier League. And I mean, to to not get into the specifics of the subject, maybe we'll talk about it next week or whatever. Yeah. But there's still talks about the Super League going on. Yeah. Which is, yeah. We'll get into that at a later time. We don't really have the time. And also enough that. information off the top of our heads. Yes. But yeah, I think for Premier League fans... I mean, for the Premier League in general, you have to hope that these signings are worth it, A, because mm-hmm. this is a lot of money if they're not producing quality football, because I still think, now nah, I'm a little biased, but I still think Serie A is a little more entertaining. I just, part of, I don't know. I'm 100% biased in the fact that I, I will stand by that the Bundesliga is much more entertaining than the Premier League. Yeah, I. it is what it is. You have to hope that your league now is producing a product worthy of the <laughs> almost a billion dollar euro transfer market. Mm-hmm. Th- that's just transfers alone. Yeah. By the way, like we mentioned this just earlier with Chelsea, that's not counting the salaries. That's not counting commercial deals, mm-hmm. anything like that. That is just transfers. Yeah. It's crazy. So all we can do, I guess is hope that, you know, hope that it doesn't blow up too it's- bad. It's kind of funny, though, because, like, all the rest of the top four leagues are basically just becoming feeders for the Premier League. And then the Premier yeah. League is still just feeders for Real Madrid and Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, go figure. You can't really do anything against that. I mean, those two clubs, you know. Yeah. But speaking of clubs, I believe you have a, an update for a specific club uh, of a certain color. Yeah, it's Dortmund time. Dortmund. This is my favorite segment. Um, so Dortmund played over this past weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. That's crazy because I don't think either. Sorry, I don't think either of my teams played. Actually, no. Inter played. Yeah. They, yeah. Whatever. We're not getting into that. <laughs> well, I mean, we can. It's Dortmund time. It is Dortmund time. Yeah, my favorite time. That's why you're wearing yellow. Oh, I'm wearing no, yellow for, for sure. a different. I'm yelling, wearing yellow for a different reason that I I do want to get into later. Um, but Dortmund played against Bayer Leverkusen over the weekend, um, and it resulted in a two 0 win, which I am super psyched about. It was um, 
uh, a nervy performance at times, but of course, you know, Gregor Kobel came in clutch, uh, like he almost always does. Um, he actually made three great saves against the same Leverkusen player, which is very funny. Um, or at least it's funny to me because um, just denying the same player three times as a goalkeeper, <laughs> it's it's very uh, amusing. That it's is very like completely um, based of you. Oh, yeah. It's so it's so great to just like have that one player that you just completely have their numbers. And that's what Gregor Kobel had for Musa Diaby over the course of this game against Leverkusen. But um, one quick thing that I want to touch on in this game is that uh, Kaim Adeyemi scored his first goal, first Bundesliga goal for Dortmund. Awesome. Which is super psyched. We signed him in the summer, and this is his first goal. And he's a winger. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we, um, yeah. That, that, yeah. I mean... I have experience of signing players in gen in in the summer. I lost my train of thought. I was gonna make a comment on Kai Havertz, but I won't. Yeah, but Kai Havertz has more of an ambiguous position than he's Karim kind of an does. Every man. Yeah. Every um, man and no man. Every man and no score. Anyways. Yeah. I I like the guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Kareem Adeyemi had a, a good performance. Um, unfortunately, Gio Reyna did not score today. Gio, no! Or not today, but, you know, when they played. Um, but yeah, overall, great performance, great to cle- keep the clean sheet. Um, and now, they're only three points behind Bayern Munich in the title race. I th- is Bayern number one? Yeah. Oh, because ba- Bayern's also been slipping up, huh? They've had, like, several draws. Mm-hmm. And they, that's really screwing them over right now. They've drawn their last three games. That's not good yeah. if they you're a not, Bayern fan. They have not won a game in the Bundesliga yet this uh, 2023. Based. But they also haven't lost. That's true. They've all they've drawn all three Bundesliga games yeah. they've played. But with the addition of Joao Cancelo, um, it's a bit concerning. Because, <laughs> you know, now they're... Um, now they're here to play. Yeah, another fullback pairing could be Alfonso Davies on the left and Joao Cancelo on the right. Which is pretty scary, um, just with like the pace of Davies and the passing ability of uh, Cancelo. Um, crazy, crazy. But the Bundesliga title race is heating up, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and while the Bundesliga title race is heating up, the race to not win the Scudetto in Serie A is also heating up. Because I believe Napoli is kind of fucking around and finding out right now. <laughs> uh, if I recall correctly, I don't have the specific news, but I know something's going on over there in Naples. Well, they lost in the Coppa Italia uh, <laughs> to Cremonese. And Roma also lost in the Coppa Italia to Cremonese. To Cremonese. So I believe the only three teams left Cremonese, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Lazio, who just lost to Juventus today, and the GOAT, uh, Inter Milan. Hmm. Notice how they are the only Milan team there. I think. Inter's mission this year is to win everything but the Scudetto, I'm being honest. Yeah, so the teams remaining in the Coppa Italia are Inter Milan, Fiorentina, no, Fiorentina. Uh, Cremonese, and uh, Juve. Uh, uh, good, thing, good thing Lazio's out. Well, the one thing that I want to note about this whole Cremonese thing, the fact that they knocked out Napoli and Roma is very amusing. That's insane. Can, well, not only that, but... They haven't won a game in Serie A all season. Oh, boy. I love Italian soccer. Yeah. It's so much fun. They have played 20 games, and they have eight points. That's fantastic. Yeah. That is so fantastic. Yeah. I think, crazy. though, what's even more crazy is that we actually need to wrap this episode okay, up. Okay, okay, okay. I have one last thing oh, one that last I really thing? want to talk about. All right. We got a surprise segment. Chicho Arango. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. This is going to be a sad segment because um, if you don't know, Chicho Arango is actually the reason why I wore the Colombia shirt today. Is he Colombian? Is, he is Colombian, and this was in honor of him um, because news broke either earlier today or yesterday that Chicho Arango is no longer an LAFC player. He is transferring to Pachuca in Mexico which is completely devastating because of all 
not only the goals he scored, but the importance of the goals. It's it it really sucks. It just oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, you're losing two high profile players in a single year with Gareth Bale, yeah. and Chicho. I mean, it's also kind of sad for me because uh, Alex took me to my first LA LAFC game this mm-hmm. past year, and then we went to a f- few more after that. Yeah, and out of all the players, he was like the one that really stood out to me. Like I always, I was like, oh, it's Chicho. Yeah, love that guy. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, he's going to Liga MX, right? Yeah. Which is really sad. I know. It really sucks. It's sad, you know. LAFC guy, scores a lot of goals. He's Colombian as well, just like me. Um, So, yeah, just to see him leave, it sucks. You never get used to it. But he's hitting the bag, though. Yeah. And when he retires, he'll retire as LAFC. I don't know if that the culture translates over to soccer. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. It is what it is. Yeah. I it it yeah, it just sucks. I hate this. But and it's it's not a good move for LAFC cuz they should have tried to keep him whatever. It is what it is. But to wrap this episode up and to lighten the mood a bit, I have a fun fact to share. Liga MX, the Mexican league, soccer league, has in this past transfer period transferred as many players as Syracuse University uh to the Premier League. Just in total, they yeah. both sent one player, which I think is really funny. Yeah. So that was not as smooth as I wanted it to be, but you know what is going to be smooth? This the, transition uh, outwards. This. No, mine screwed it up. <laughs> it's over. okay. I'm unworthy. <laughs> oh. The transition was scuffed, but this episode was not. Thank you for listening. Woo! Even though we have gone like a couple minutes over what we usually do, but there was a lot of talk, lot to talk about. So. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, shout out to all our listeners. Shout, shout out, out to, to Steven. Steven. By the way, I had to replace my ID because there was an incident with it. So I had to get a new one. And so I wasn't able to access the SEC. I had to rely on Alex. Yeah. But we got it figured out. Shout out to Steven again. Yep. Always there when you need him. Yeah. Yep. But just like Alex said, thank you for so much for watching. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.